Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising is One podcast. Before we begin this week's episode, we just want to give a few shout-outs to our sponsors, Firebird Rising, The Beautiful Game Network, and Oro Brewing Company. Oro Brewing Company is located in Mesa, and feel free to use the code word RISING after any Phoenix Rising victory or during the off-season and get happy hour pricing for your drinks. Firebird Rising is available at firebirdrising.coreair, K-O-R-R-A-I-R, .com, BGN FM for the Beautiful Game Network website. And then if you want to give us any feedback or ratings, please go to iTunes or Stitcher and do that. Any ratings or feedback would be greatly appreciated. And now, let's get on to the show. the rising is one podcast this is dominic kearns and jeff Wynn is out of town this week but we still have a co-host and it's a new one at that why don't you introduce yourself hey there guys this is kyle Mackey. i'm gonna be joining the team thrilled to be here oh we're so glad to have you uh we recorded a video that'll be up on the site before you guys even hear this episode later on sunday uh so check that out but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself okay so I have been a Phoenix Rising slash Arizona United slash Phoenix Wolves FC fan kind of since the beginning. Um, I've followed the team ever since the inception. I only went to one game at Sun Devil Stadium back when we played there, unfortunately. I was living out of town at the time, kind of followed online. But now, I mean, I've been season ticket holder since 2015. Kind of witnessed the transition from Peoria back to Scottsdale. And I'm just thrilled with Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex. I mean, it's better than I kind of ever ever imagined it could be. Um, I'm just kind of excited to contribute to the team, really. I'm excited to be part of something that's involved with Phoenix Rising. It's kind of always been a goal of mine. So, just really excited. Hey, man, we are happy to, you know, make your goals come true, really helping Jeff and I's goals come true. And, like... We started this last year because we just felt like there was nothing there that reflected the passion that so many people did have for this team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great to see that that passion is just continuing to grow and now having you on board. We really appreciate it. And understand that you've listened to the show for some time. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly, I've probably listened to every episode, man. I kind of saw you guys when you started on uh, Twitter and Facebook and followed and downloaded every episode on iTunes, and I, I really just, I love the coverage. I mean, yeah, like you said before, there was really nothing being done by the fans or anyone outside of the Phoenix Rising social media team kind of covering the team. So it's nice to have somewhere else to go, have a different kind of, I guess it'd be a out, uh, not an outlook, a um, new, new, jeez, uh, I'm going blank right now. A new source for Phoenix Rising News. That's the word I was looking for. So I'm just really uh, 
really kind of interested in what other people think about the team. I mean, I know what my own personal opinions and aspirations are with the best team in USL, but it's kind of nice to see what, what other people think too in their own kind of perspective on the, on the subject. Absolutely, and it's always nice to have another fresh set of eyes, fresh set of ears, yeah. a new outlook, so thank you for joining us. And where can people find you on Twitter? So on Twitter, my uh, handle is kind of a play on my name. It's KeyZMack, K-E-Y-Z-M-A-K. And my name's Kyle Mackey, so just kind of try to do a little play on words there. But uh, yeah, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I'm looking to grow my following, so. Yeah, by the time this episode gets out, we'll have our, we'll have our bio updated so you're on there. But in case anyone just wanted to do it the direct way, now you know. So are you ready to jump into this? Let's do it. All right, so the biggest thing Phoenix Rising related in the last two weeks, Yaw Frimpong coming in from TP Mazembe, Ghana-born player, plays right back. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, I think this is the signing that many of us that were following this offseason, seeing who we've been signing, this is what we've been looking for. I mean, we, we know that our midfield and our attack, it's ready to go. At the end of last season, I mean, we were firing on all, all cylinders. This season, I really think defense is going to be what gets us up the rankings. I think it's not crazy to think we could finish top four this year with the squad that we have put together. So I really think that Frimpong coming in and ha us having a consistent back line now is going to be it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I mean you've been following this team, so you know at the start of last season defense was a real weakness for the squad, and then oh, yeah. after Carterone came in, we really bolstered that. But we still were relying on Cody Wakasa, who's a young guy. Um, it'll be interesting how Carterone splits time between Wakasa and Frimpong now. Are you concerned with that at all? Or um, I think Cody Wakasa put in, I think at the beginning of the season last year, people were, were really tough on him because some of the mistakes that he made ended up costing us. A game or two. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, I was there with you, Dominic. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute that at all. Um, but I think he also was an easy target. He kind of made some just young youth-related mistakes, and I think last season him kind of being thrown in there with the big boys. I think it was a great experience for him. I think, yeah, Frimpong's probably gonna start over him most games, but I also think that Carterone will have faith in Wakasa, and that anytime he feels. We need something different in the right back position or just to give Brimpong a rest. I think that we can all be confident in Wakasa coming in and stepping up. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing to note too because Frimpong, yeah, I think he still has some good soccer left, but he's actually older than the vast majority of new signings we've made. He's 31 now, so he will need some rest days. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if, if you look at our schedule, there's a few of those road trips where we have three, four days in between. So I think that having a deep squad is going to be key. Especially when you talk about a cup run, potentially. Oh, yeah, which I, I personally would, would love to see. Yeah, so that's the big signing coming in. Uh, I mean, he had some caps for the Ghanaian national team, played for many years at TP Mazembe under Carterone, and then also with Gladson at Waco and... Asante, right? Yep, correct. All three of them played together. I think it was like four seasons or something like that. They said they right, and they won together. African Champions League one yep. of those years. Pretty impressive stuff. Oh yeah. So the TP Mazembe to Phoenix connection is really alive and well. Yeah, I mean that that, that would be. Uh, I think that's a pipeline that Carterone was looking to tap when he came here. Yeah, it's great that you use the word pipeline because 
I was thinking there was that potential when Carterone came in, but you really don't see any other teams. You'll see teams here and there signing maybe one guy from a Cameroon or one mm-hmm. guy from a place, but I think we're the only team in USL that has gotten just consistent talent from Africa and from the Caribbean too. Oh yeah, I think I think that I think that's been Carterone has definitely focused on Africa, you know, being that he's coached there and come from there. But I also think it's been the ownership group. I think they're looking for a diverse team and they're kind of looking outside of the boundaries of the USA and kind of seeing that there's there's a lot of talented players in the Caribbean and like you said Africa that haven't been picked up by some of these teams and I mean I I think they're just as hungry as anyone else so why not couldn't agree with you more there why not we are looking forward to that um, another bit of transfer news and this isn't really breaking news since it happened a while ago but uh, Josh Cohen officially signed with Sacramento Republic almost two weeks ago. What is your take on that? I mean, it stings. Yeah. It, it really does. I mean, Josh Cohen, he, he was only here for one season, but I last season, when we started off, like you said earlier, our defense was, I mean, we really struggled. And without Cohen in net, I think some of those games could have gone, gone very badly. So I think Cohen... He definitely made a name for himself in, in uh, our team last year. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun these Sacramento games. I think Sacramento has improved from where they were last season, and I think Cohen's gonna be a real big part of that. Yeah, I, I could definitely say see Sacramento and Reno kind of switching places on the league table. Uh, Sacramento kind of having a worst case season last year where they slip all the way down to eighth at the end, but yeah. then they're always a dangerous team. They showed it against Real Monarchs in the playoffs, and now you bring Cohen into the fold. That's going to be a really tricky team to play next season, especially when we go up there. Yeah, no, I think I think Cohen will make make their team very uh, difficult to score against. Yes, and that I mean our our goalkeeping situation is still a pretty solid one. We have uh, Carl coming back. Yep. We now have Dallas J and John Burner. So. The writing was kind of on the wall here with Cohen. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't see teams have uh, four goalkeepers, so I think we all kind of knew Cohen was going to be leaving. I think we just weren't sure where he was going to be landing. But it, it'll be nice that we'll get to see him twice this season. Yeah, and, and good for him. He definitely deserved a solid USL starting job. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think he definitely deserved his, uh, his move to Sacramento. Yes, yes, he did. So a bit of other news, uh, we have some preseason schedule updates. Uh, the team already announced that we had our three Mobile Mini Cup home matches against the Red Bulls February 10th, against the Rapids Valentine's Day February 14th, and February 17th against Sporting KC. It wasn't announced on the Phoenix Rising site, but I did see through Houston Dynamo that we're playing on Wednesday, February 20th at 5 p.m. down in Tucson. So that might, excuse me, that's the 21st at 5 p.m. in Tucson. It is a Wednesday. And that might be a good thing for people down there or even people that get off work early. They want to go down and check that match out. And then we have the 24th, uh, the last match of the Mini Cup. Correct, yeah, where we play the fifth place team of, of that tournament, which should be, should be very exciting. Any thoughts on the Houston Dynamo match? I mean, in addition to three teams already? Yeah, I... The Houston Dynamo match, I wonder I wonder why it wasn't announced by Phoenix. That's one thing I kind of wonder, but I also think that this is going to be an opportunity for a lot of our trials. 
from from my understanding is that they'll probably continue last year how we did the three 30-minute kind of segments of the matches and I think maybe maybe we'll see some starters for the first 30 minutes you know see Gladson Awako and Kevon Lambert and Asante and all those guys out there but I really feel like that especially being a Wednesday match I think there's gonna be a lot of trialists that take take part in that game so it'll be interesting to see see who's out there and the talent we have right and on the on the topic of trialists we had our technically our first match already yeah um, Saturday evening against Sporting KC, uh, just a trialist match. It sounds like Sporting KC got a 2-1 win. Yeah, from what, what I read online, I just read a quick little recap that was from Sporting KC's, one of their supporter groups online. It was a 2-1 final. They had the three separate 30-minute kind of sessions, and it was... Who scored off the top of my head? But it was 1-0 in the first session, 2-0 at the second, and then in the very third, a unnamed Phoenix Rising player, player X, clinched the goal for us to get it to one scoreline. Okay, player two be named. Uh, maybe we'll have one or two dedicated listeners that will give us the name of that yeah, sometime yeah. this week. If you do, let us know, but it was a closed doors uh, scrimmage, so... We really can't give you much more than that, but you know, sounds like a decent effort. Sounds like the guys got some good experience, and that's all you can really ask for this early in the season. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing was just Carterone getting to see these trialists on the field, you know, and kind of see how they how they mesh together, how they can all play as a team, but also individually, especially when you're looking at a trialist type situation. So, and you never know with these trialists. I mean, Victor Vasquez. Came on last year as a trialist and ended up being a part of the rotation. And, you know, I didn't see Cody Wakasa in any of the open doors ones, but it's possible he got a couple of looks in these trialist matches. And we ended up signing him right before the season started. And yeah. he ended up being our starting right back. So yeah. Yeah, you, never, you never know no, when it comes to these matches. It's a, it's a great opportunity just to put yourself out there and kind of be in the shop window. So, yeah, like you said, you never know. Um, and we're still, we still got a few other preseason things to talk about. Probably the biggest thing is a trip to Ecuador. Yeah, that that came as quite the surprise to me at first when I when I read that. I had to do a double take. Um, it looks like we're gonna be traveling down there and taking on. It was what did you say? LDU. LDU Quito. Uh, this is a team that actually won Copa Libertadores, which is the South American equivalent of Champions League. They won that back in two thousand nine. But they're still one of the strongest clubs in Ecuador, and one of the one of those clubs that I would say is like always in the conversation of like 20, 25 best clubs in South America. It's, and I think another way to look at it might be it's like playing an above average Liga MX team. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe not like you were saying like a America or a Chivas, but or Tigres, but a really like a solid. Maybe like a Tijuana Jolos. Yeah. Liga yeah. MX team. Like, it's a good experience, and they're going to be playing in altitude. Yeah, that's, I think that is going to be huge when it comes to starting off the season on the right foot, and us being fit. Traveling to Ecuador and playing in the elevation, that's going to be, that's going to be huge. And I, another thing with this trip, I think the bonding of the team. They're, this is going to be a great opportunity for the guys to get to know one another and mesh and room together and just kind of become a unit 
So this will be a great, great opportunity for Phoenix. Definitely, and it, it sounds like they're leaving on Sunday, February 25th, the day after the last mini cup match, and then they're going to come back on March 3rd. So it's going to be a full week out there. Yeah. Uh, you talk about team bonding; it's tougher, tough to find anything better than that. Yeah, no, I, I really think that that's. I think that's what the coaching staff probably looked, when they looked at this opportunity, they saw that this would be a great chance to get get in a road trip before the season even begins. Yeah, and it, it sounds like it's an open door. Uh, kind of friendly match because LDU Keto announced it on their official Twitter page. Mm -hmm. I mean, the draw is Didier Drogba's in town. How often do you get to see that in South America? So, a uh, very cool thing all around. Sounds like it's going to be a great experience for the team. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to add there? That's just um, no. I mean, I, I really think this is probably going to be one of our most difficult opponents, if not the most difficult opponent of preseason. Um, I mean, these guys, especially if Drogba is in fact out there, they're going to want to be showing their stuff, you know, they're going to want to play to their fullest potential in front of their own fans, so I think this will be, and the fact that it's one of our later preseason games, I think this will be the big test for Phoenix to start the season. Yeah, you want to you wanna circle this one on your calendar, you want to make sure that you're watching the stream for this match. It's going to be a Wednesday, uh, I think they're... The time difference is still pretty similar there. I think they're only one hour ahead. Yeah, I think they're only So we'd probably get a 5 or 6 p.m. start. So it still would be a very accessible time for a lot of people. We can get you an exact time once that's announced. But uh, that should be a really fun one. It was also uh, announced earlier this week, John McPherson saying that on March 10th, we're going to have a home match at the soccer complex against University of New Mexico Lobos men's soccer team. Mm -hmm. No word on whether that's open or closed door yet. Um, it wasn't announced on the team website or through its Twitter yet. So that might be an interesting one. I mean, any thoughts? We got to play GCU a couple times last yeah, year. Yeah, and I, I wonder if it will be the same kind of similar approach in, in that match to where it will maybe be more, more trialists and kind of trying to fine-tune our final lineup. I mean, I imagine that, yeah, probably the first 30 will be maybe – Full starting eleven with with all the uh, all the big names out there, but I again, especially it being University of New Mexico, I see this being a trialist type of opportunity for right, and especially so because you know there's another that's that's actually just seven days before the season starts too, yeah. and then I even heard that we're playing another. I don't have any verification on this. I just thought I saw it on Twitter. USL Twitter gets crazy sometimes. I thought we have a preseason match against against Oklahoma City Energy, but in early March. But I, I don't remember any official date or any time or anything like that. So if we hear more about that, that would be a fun one too, yeah. to oh. actually line it up against the USL side before the season kicks off. Oh, well, and we see in week two. So yeah, it'll be good to get familiar with their team and a team that has made some strong additions this offseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely have. So it looks like that's what we got for the preseason so far. Um, pretty exciting stuff, but I think the more exciting stuff is the actual regular season. And that was announced last Friday. And I have to say, I don't feel too bad about this schedule, but what are, your, what are some of your thoughts? You know, I wish we could have started at home. There's no better way to start the season than in front of your home fans, but I think doing the OC away match 
first is actually a great opportunity for fans to even still see them. It's only what five hour drive away, so you still have the diehards that will travel possibly. Oh, I'm going. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. I'm so, trying to make it a whole weekend, you know, like maybe see a friend or two from the area and uh, yeah, so get like, out to the beach on Sunday. It's St. Patrick's Day on Saturday, maybe have a beer. Well, yeah, I would maybe. <laughs> So from that standpoint, I think it's a good short road trip to start the season. But I do have to say, my biggest problem with this schedule, Mr. Schedule Maker, Las Vegas Lights FC, October 10th, which is a Wednesday away. Yeah, it's, it's not the greatest, but at least we get the one match in August that's a Saturday. We do, which... I. And I, I expect a humongous turnout for that one. Oh yeah, I would, I would think that, I mean, I would expect nearly everyone from the supporter section to be uh, traveling up to Vegas to go see that team because, I mean, they're, like you've alluded to in the past, they will be our closest rivals. So I think showing from the start that we're committed and we, we are the team to uh, dominate the Southwest, we definitely need to travel there and kind of show them what, what we're all about. For sure, but I, I mean, I do agree with you. It would have been nice to have two weekend trips. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, it from a scheduling standpoint, it does make sense. It's it's the second to last game of the season, so we really don't have to travel far, right? At that kind of. I think it's in a stretch where our other three of the last four are at home. Correct. So. Yeah, so it's it's a short trip. I mean, it it makes sense from that standpoint, but I mean, it's just it would have been nice to get uh, two weekend Vegas matches. <laughs> hey, I mean, we really only play Orange County and Las Vegas three times, though. Every other team, we just get a home and away, and that's it. Yeah, so. yeah, which, I mean, it's at least at least they're close games. I, I can't complain about that. And I'm sure we'll get a couple crazies making it out there, even on the Wednesday. Oh, hey, I, I, I'm planning on going right now, so feel free to uh, hit me <laughs> up, and we'll, we'll get crazy on a Wednesday in Las Vegas. Yeah, man, that's going to be an interesting time in my life. That might be literally a day or two before I get my bar results. So oh, wow. I could be looking to unload some steam. So I'll yeah. hit you up on that. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are some other thoughts, though, if you really get to the meat of it? Other thoughts? I think our home schedule, I really think we kind of have a solid mix of a few home games one week and then a week off. And then we have, I'm looking from April 21st. We play Swope, April 28th, we have Fresno, and May 4th, we have the Galaxy, all at home. Galaxy 2, sorry. I think that is going to be a crucial point in our season. Those are the f weeks 5 through 8, and I really think at that point, we'll need to establish where we are in the table. So if we could pick up 9, 7 points from those 3 games... I yeah, think I'm thinking you got to get seven points oh, in those games. At least, I think. I mean, Los Dos, you have to see that as a win, and then Swope and Fresno, you got to at least get a win and a draw. You can't, you can't lose either of those. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is going to be key in setting us up for the bulk of this season. One road trip that really jumps out at me is the Swope, St. Louis, Sacramento, three games in a row, all on the road. We actually do Swope May 26th. In St. Louis, May 30th. So those two are going to be against two teams that I think are going to be in the playoff hunt this season. I think we're going to be competing with them for those those top four spots that we desperately need to get that home playoff match. So 
I really think those game, those two games, the Swope and St. Louis games especially, are going to prove to be huge when it comes down to the end of the season. Definitely, and kind of a buzzkill for St. Louis fans that we play them. I'm looking at the calendar. It looks like it's a Wednesday. That's their only chance to see Phoenix Rising to potentially see some of the star players on our squad, and they have to they have to watch us out there on a Wednesday night. Yeah, but, yeah. It's it's. I mean, that's the tough thing about midweek games is you can't always get the crowd that you would like, and especially you're going to have, I mean, possibly Drogba come into town, you know, and I'm sure everyone will be wanting to be there, but it being a Wednesday game does make that, make that difficult. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one thing that is nice, I mean, not too nice, but at least a little bit better about that trip is that we do have a pretty solid gap between the 30th of May and June 9th at Sacramento. You remember last season, it was our fourth match in two weeks in Sacramento at the end of that trip, and we were just gassed. Yeah, that was when we lost uh, 2-0, and yeah, that game, I mean, you could you could just tell the guys out there, they were just exhausted. So having those, what, nine days off for rest will be, will be actually huge. Because Sacramento is one of those matches, you need to be well-rested to have a chance to get points there. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, especially now that they have Josh Cohen and Ned, we're, we know how difficult he can be to, uh, to score on. So having our guys in good form and good fitness will be, will be key. Yeah, so kind of going through it, I mean, the way I see it, April is a month where you just have to rack up points. Four home match. well, if you count May 4th, four home matches out of five. The only away match in that stretch is at Los Dos. You get... Real Monarchs on April 7th, Los Dos April 11th, Swope Park Saturday April 21st, Fresno FC on the 28th, and Los Dos May 4th. That's a that's a Friday night actually. Uh, I mean you just you gotta get like I think at a minimum three wins there, but really you should be looking to get four wins at least out of those five. I mean those are some very two matches against Los Dos, a match against Fresno who's made some signings, but you don't really see, you don't know what to expect them being in an expansion side. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, Real and Swope coming to our place, you got to like our chances there. So, and it, what's, what's tougher is that after that stretch, the next six matches, this is going to be a key part of our season. At OKC, at Tulsa, versus Sac Republic, at Swope, at St. Louis, at Sac Republic. That's brutal. Yeah, no, and, and that's there's no sugar that's putting that. No, that's what jumped out at me. That that from May 9th to June 9th, that that month is going to be, it's going to be difficult. There's no question about it. But I think, I mean, two. You see, of those five road matches, too, there are like two of them where you only get half a week off. Yeah, yeah. I, the it's May crazy. 9th at OKC and May 12th at Tulsa. I mean, that's. That's a ridiculous turnaround. It's, this would be tough. They're close, which, I mean, it makes sense from a financial standpoint. If we're already going to be in Oklahoma, why not hit them both? But, yeah, that's. I think that's one of those, I mean, I see OKC, we start our full strong squad. Maybe Tulsa, we see a few of the younger guys, maybe Devin Vega or Cody Wakasa. Maybe we see them get in that game to kind of replace some of the, some of the guys that may be burnt out from those, uh, those games back-to-back, but... Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that we are, after the first, you know, I guess it's eight matches or seven matches before that big road stretch starts, you really want to be, you really want to be like top two or three in the West. 
going into that stretch because that that May 9th to June 9th stretch we're talking about I mean it would be a miracle if we get a point and a half per match in that stretch yeah no I especially those matches being on the road and so so close together and none of those are like teams that oh it's an easy match we can win none of those are like the developmental MLS two sides those are all tough matches yeah yeah no I think I really think that the Swope that Swope match that one I think we have a good shot I think the guys will have some kind of renewed energy going back to Swope I think they're going to want to finish what uh what didn't quite happen last season and then the one that I think is going to be tough is that Wednesday at St. Louis I think their squad their additions they made is going to be strong and I think their fans even though it is Wednesday the Luligans are they're a rowdy bunch I think they'll get out there and kind of uh Make the game difficult for our, our squad. Yeah, I have a bad feeling about a bad feeling about that. You know, both the matches in Oklahoma and a bad feeling about that St. Louis one. Um, I, I mean, maybe we can get a result in at least one of those Oklahoma matches, but it's and it's going to make that Sac Republic one home game in there extremely important, where yeah. we are going to see Cohen in a potential revenge game situation. Uh, any thoughts as we move into the summer months? Personally, I, I love that we're playing Orange County twice during the summer months when it's going to be just completely stupidly hot for them. And I just I can't wait to see us finally just crush that team. I'm so pissed we tied them every time last year. Yeah, I mean, I, that's they're the team we hate to draw. Um, I really think, like you said, those two summer months, I mean, it's the first one's June 29th. We all know how, how warm it will be. And then August 11th. In the dead of summer, I really think their fitness is going to be put to the test. They're going to have to come in here and deal with probably over 100 degree temperatures. And uh, I just think that we're going to get some wins. I think we're going to get points off of this season. Yeah, really, really hope so. And if we could get that win on opening day, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, a clean sweep would be, uh, would be sweet. We'll love that. Yeah, and then as you move towards the later part of the schedule, uh, we do get more of those Las Vegas matches. We get both their matches against San Antonio FC in August and September. Um, unfortunately, our only match against San Antonio is going to be a Wednesday night, but I still think we'll get a good crowd out for that. Yeah, I think, I think fans will remember the San Antonio game from last year. Every time we play that team, it seems to be a tightly contested contest. So I, I definitely think, though it is a Wednesday, I think we'll have a, a good showing. Yeah, don't get me started on that match last year. That was so ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I bring back <laughs> very bad memories. Some choice words. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, so the the... the other takeaways here, three Friday night matches, and they're all very winnable Friday night matches. It's, it's uh, Los Dos in May. I think the Orange County one at the end of June and Sounders 2 in July. Nice chance, I think, to get on, on ESPNU or at the very minimum ESPN3 and hopefully get some wins out of those. I don't really... Those look like great matches for us to get wins. Yeah, I think all the opponents are teams that we definitely... I think the most difficult will be Orange County, but that's really gonna gonna kind of see how it shakes out this season. I think their squad could go up or they could go down. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, just uh, the late game or late season three game road trip at San Antonio at Seattle, like Colorado Springs, you know, I don't see Seattle two or Colorado Springs being really strong clubs. And then I love how we end the season. I mean, three of our last four at home, the only away match at Vegas, who it's still early, but I think by that point they might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder with Las Vegas, they, they haven't signed as many big names as you would have thought being the City of Lights. So I kind of, I kind of wonder what, what their season's gonna look like. I mean, we really didn't sign too many guys though until like February of last year and, and, and look yeah. at how things turned out and now you're hearing stuff about Freddie Adu practicing with the team. That is, that is very true, which I, I would like to see him get a shot. I think he, he's had a difficult road throughout his professional career. There's no, no question about that. So I think he, if he does sign for them and puts forward some solid performances, I think he could be a real threat. But as far as Las Vegas, I think, I think their aspirations are going to be high, but I think if we're being realistic, the Western Conference is, there hasn't been a lot of, changed since last season. I think a few teams have made a few key additions and some losses, but I think overall the top five, six is going to look pretty similar to how we finished last season. Maybe different orders, but I still think the same teams are going to be be in the top of the uh, Western Conference. Yeah, I, I do see that too. I mean, it really reinforced that belief when we were going through what the teams have done in our last episode, and I mean, the only, you know, the only teams, maybe one or two teams I could see going in different directions, I think St. Louis has done a lot, and I think they're going to be moving up at least into the top eight, and potentially higher if, if things work out. I think Oklahoma City has made some great additions, and they're bringing a lot of solid pieces back. Yep. I think that's a team you could see them rise a couple spots, potentially more, if everything clicks out there. Uh, I know that they brought in uh, a really promising head coach who was with Colorado Rapids before, so that's uh, that's pretty impressive for them. And, you know, on the flip side, I haven't heard anything about Dane Kelly yet up in Reno. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's coming back because looking at their roster, they that, have so many forwards now. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that is going to be the case, and I, I'm wondering if, someone else in the USL is going to sign him, or maybe he's potentially thinking about retirement. I mean, clearly after you have a Golden Boot winning season, you're not going to want to go that route. But I just, I kind of wonder, we're getting so close to preseason, I wonder where he's going to end up. Because, yeah, like you said, Reno, their team seems to be so full of forwards, I don't see him, I don't see him sticking around. Yeah, and, you know, if that's the case, I definitely... I mean, Reno had an incredible offense last year. Yeah. But a historic offense last year. But is that really sustainable? I mean, that's just... Well, I mean, you just look at what, what happened in playoffs. Yeah, they get shut out. Yeah, exactly. So it's you can't, you can't always rely on your goal scorers to go out and win it for you every night. You have to have that solid back line and that defense. So I think... I mean, they did shut us out twice. So They, they did. They did. <laughs> but, but that early... Both of the games were pretty early in the yeah. season, and, and especially that uh, that four nil at home. I uh, really don't want to bring up, but that game, I think that was the turning point for us. 
I think that was a loss we needed to kind of kickstart our season. Yeah, I uh, thankfully was on vacation and missed that one. Oh, and well, you were the text I was getting from uh, <laughs> all my friends in the morning, your Facebook messages are like, wow, I did not miss much. But then I missed the next one, which is like the most incredible ending. So the oh, OKC yeah. one. The OKC, so, yeah. Uh, you win some, you lose some. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely could see Reno fading towards the bottom of the top eight if they even make it. I think a top three finish really doesn't seem realistic. Based no, on I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think yeah, they'll be in that probably six to eight range if I had to. Yeah, had to and I could see Sacramento going up a bit. I think I already explained that one. And then um, I don't think Tulsa's going to make the playoffs. No, see, I don't, I don't see them either. They got rid of one of their best players, Juan Pablo Caffa, and... I think he was kind of the engine that kept that team running. Yeah, so, and, and other players that were like important starters too, and that just like three or four regular starters just out. Yeah, and I, I kind of wonder what what their management is kind of has in the works back there because they they have let go of some of their best players, no question. So are they looking at this being a rebuilding year, or do they? Do they know something we don't? They might have some guys that they think can uh, perform for them and get them into the playoffs. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what what Tulsa does and where they end up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were a real feel-good story last year coming from the bottom of the standings the year before to make it to the top eight and uh, even to give San Antonio a real scare in that matchup. And, uh, yeah. you know... Good for them. They played us really hard. I mean, we had that one late-season game that was... Yeah, dollar the, beer night. The yeah. infamous 4-3 dollar beer night game. Yeah, no, that was... They're bringing out tall boys in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was quite the game. I think that was kind of unexpected from a lot of the fans. I mean, myself, when we were when we were down in that game, I was thinking, oh man, just... Just please let's let's tie this up and end three three and then and for us to come back and to take that game I was I mean I I think everyone there was just kind of uh, I mean that was drunken with joy that was a peak <laughs> Jason Johnson game too I remember being yeah. after that game like how on earth is there not are there not MLS teams watching this tape and like and yet here we are and he's coming back so I I really do wonder kind of why he didn't get the recognition that he I feel he deserves. Um, he was a key part of our offense last year. I mean, he could he could get one-on-ones and pass well with anyone on our team, or when we needed to, he could be alone up front and just take it take it to the net. So. And I think even, like, within USL on a broader standpoint, like, nationally, I mean, you, you hear about a lot of the top scorers in the league, and his name really wasn't mentioned there, and it's maybe because he was just off of the top six or seven goal scorers because... He didn't start every week until the second half of the season, but if you look at goal scorers in the second half of the season, I mean, yeah, you're going to have your Carlton Belmars and your uh, Dane Kellys out there, but he was right up there with those guys. Oh, yeah. And then people say, oh, well, you know, Drogba came in and that changed it. I think just as much, if not more so, it was guys like Jason Johnson and Amadou Dia and Kavon Lambert shifting things around. Yeah, I mean, there was... People seem to forget there was... Oh, I think it was six or seven games where Drogba was out injured, and Johnson, we were fine. <laughs> yeah, Johnson was the one who who was coming through for us. It seemed like every game he was just always bringing so much energy to the field, and um, 
Yeah, I think I think he's been overshadowed by Drogba a little bit, but I also think that it's given him a great opportunity to uh, kind of show what he's worth. Yes, definitely. And on that note, um, we have like a potential starting eleven here. Did you want to get into that? Yeah, yeah. So this was on the USL website. It was written up by Nicholas Murray. So this potential lineup that he has right here has a few of our old re-signed players from last season and a few new guys. He has us lining up in a potential 4-4-2 lineup. Which is not usually our formation. Yeah, which I, I, I was kind of wondering what, what his logic was behind this, but... Nonetheless, we'll kind of read off who, uh, who he's got out here. So, starting in the back in goal, we have John Burner, who we picked up from Colorado Rapids. And if some of you may remember, he was in Phoenix on loan for a little while last year. I think this is going to be dead on. I, as much as I respect and I love to see Carl Wazinski in that, I think Burner will get his chance to start the season. Um, he has some USL experience with the Charlotte Independence, and uh, I just I really could see him kind of starting the season off strong, but we'll see where that goes. On the back line, we have Yaw Pong, our new signing. Next to him, Joe Farrell, and then paired with him in the center, Duigi Mala, and on the right, Cody Wakasa, which I wonder if that would be Yaw Pong on the right and Wakasa on the left. I mean, I'm really intrigued that he has Frimpong and Wakasa both in the starting lineup because the name that I was like, okay, where's Amadou Dia at? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I... I would I would have expected maybe a Dia on the left and then, you know, Frimpong and Wakasa can rotate on the right. Uh, Dia being so good for us on the left last year. Um, but I think the Duigi Mala, Joe Farrell central pairing is dead on. Yeah, no, that's going to be our go-to. I agree with that. I think that's going to be our strongest uh, center back pairing. I really think that the the right and left back position. I think we kind of had some flux last year in that, and yeah, we alternated quite a bit. But I, I agree with you. I do see I see Dia at the left with Victor Vasquez backing him up, and Frank Pong on the right with Cody Wakasa backing him. Yeah, up, so I agree with you there. Okay, so we'll get to the, the midfield of this 4-4-2 lineup. We have Billy Forbes, Colin Fernandez, Kevin Lambert, and Alessandro Rigi. So this, the way that I would look at it is kind of a 4-4-2 diamond with Kevon Lambert being our holding midfield and uh, Billy Forbes up top being the center attacking mid and uh, Fernandez and Rigi on the outsides. This I agree with, but I also wonder with our addition of the uh, Asantes in uh, Awako, well, bringing back Awako, I wonder if Fernandez is going to be seeing as much time in the midfield. I kind of see him as being a backup role in the beginning. I, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thought. Like, Fernandez is still so incredibly young. Yeah. And even though he was drafted like three years ago, he was drafted at age 17. Yeah. I mean, it's, wow. so he's still... He's still really young, I think 20 right now. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, if you go back to the Carterone Tifi Mazembe connection, he knows what Awako can do. He knows what he did at TP Mazembe. He knows what Awako did here last year. Exactly. And the same thing with Asante. I'm with you. I, I think 
one of those guys, if not both, are going to be starting at least at the very beginning in midfield. And then, I mean, I'm also curious, are we going to stick with like the 4-2-3-1 we showed sometimes last year? Yeah, I, I think it's really, it's going to depend on who he's putting out on the field. I think the beauty of our, our squad depth is we have a few formations we could play in. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to depend on if who we have up top. If we're having Drogba be up there and play alone and maybe drop Jason Johnson back to the midfield to play under him. We've seen that happen. Um, I think for the most part, I see us having two men up top just because we always kind of played well when we have yeah. someone playing hold, hold up play and someone underneath them. Um, the I, thought of Rigi and Forbes together... Oh my gosh. The speed. I mean, I, and Asante. I really, I really feel like our midfield will be one of the quickest midfields out there. It's going to be very interesting this year to see, see the pace of the guys out there. Yeah, and I mean, a couple things. One is, it's going to be an important season for Kavon Lambert yeah. to be our rock at the defensive midfield because it looks like no matter what way you shake it, the other three midfielders are going to be pretty attacking-minded. Yeah. And so that's going to make his role so important at the back, uh, kind of shutting teams down when they're trying to counterattack on us. And then the other thing, um, I would love to see us possess the ball more, and I think we'll be able to possess the ball more with I, some technical passers like Fernandez and Asante coming in. I, I agree completely. I think last year we played a much more counterattacking style and just absorbed a lot of pressure on the defense. I would love this year to see us in the 55 range of possession. I would love to see that. Yeah, and you know, maybe maybe some of it too was just people are getting thrown into the <laughs> thrown into the fold mid-season like all right, go make something happen, figure it out because we don't really have time to make those adjustments. I mean, yeah, I mean just look at Carterone came in in June. Yeah. You know, we we really had to improvise and kind of just learn on the fly about our roster last year. But I think I think if you look at our record from beginning of the season to end of the season, it was day and night after he came. Our defense shored up. I don't know what our goals against average was, but I know yeah. that it improved. Um, and then just scoring. I think before we, we struggled to get in two goals in a game. Some games now, you're seeing us get four goals. I think our attack has definitely taken off from where it used to be. Yeah, and I mean, another thing too, I could see, I think in most of our home matches, we can have a solid possession. Um, if not, you know, like an edge, at least very close 50-50. I think pragmatically, Carterone, like many coaches, likes to, you know, make it very compact on the road defensively and just counterattack. But I'm okay playing that way because how it worked out in practice is, okay, say we get 44% possession, for putting 16 shots and 10 of them are on target, yeah. the opposing team's only getting like six shots with two on target. Like, I don't care what the possession numbers look like if you're out shooting the opponent like three to one and you're getting four to one shots on target advantage. Like, we ended up winning either way, so. Yeah, it doesn't have to be pretty. You, you know, I mean, not everyone's gonna be able to play that Barcelona style of, of soccer. Um, I think, I agree with you completely that on the road, Carverone would always focus just to get us through the first 45. If we could get through the first 45-0-0, we've done our job. From there, maybe we get lucky and get a goal. 
maybe we get one and they get one and we end with a draw. I think. Or maybe we get a first half goal and use that and it, just hang on. Exactly, yeah. and kind of just absorb pressure and hold on to the end part of the bus. I think on the road, he's brought the right mentality that we want to play our cards close to the chest. We don't want to go out there and be losing 2-0 two, two at halftime. That's such a hole to have to crawl out of. I think the approach that he's taken on the road is the right approach. It's not always the most fun to watch, but I think that it's about getting results. Yeah, this is this is a results-oriented league. I mean, exactly. I mean, I was always crapping on San Antonio's style of play, but look, when push comes to shove, they were number two in the table. They had their yeah. best season in franchise history. They almost made the conference finals, and like, you know, if it wasn't for a ridiculous uh, performance from OKC and that penalty shootout, I mean, yeah, no, they they would have been through to the final. Yeah, I I really think that San Antonio kind of figured it out last season in that they could. Uh, rely on their defense and then get get goals when they could find them but it also made for a lot of close matches for them which yeah. as a fan you don't always uh don't always want yeah i mean again like so good to have flexibility now so good to have depth i think a top three in the west finish is realistic i think we can do that and i think stylistically will be a more entertaining side at home and then on the road Especially when the season wears on, you know, just play it close to your vest. And, you know, the way we counterattack, we can still score two, three goals sometimes like that and win a three to one away match. So, you know, yeah, no, all I, the power to us if we can do that. Exactly. If you can get away with it, why not? I, I think that top three, I, I expect top three. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the amount of players that we have returning, the familiarity with the system, and the, the new incoming signings, I mean, Billy Forbes, we, we haven't even talked about him. I think he, I think he is going to be huge for our team. I, I, I would love to see him get off to a quick start and get a few goals in the first couple games to get his confidence and kind of get in the flow of things. Um, my feeling about the team itself I really think a home playoff match is necessary. Yeah. I think last year we saw how difficult it can be to start off playoffs on the road. And, I mean, not to not to go back and be Captain Hindsight, but if, if we had had a home game to start playoffs, I think we could have gone through all the way to the final at home. If, if results had gone our way, I think it was possible. So I think getting that at least top four is going to be crucial. Uh, I mean, because when you're when you're on the road, you leave a lot more up to chance. Yeah. You leave a lot more up to stupid weather conditions that take two players out. Exactly. And yeah. everything else that happened that game that, well, just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just start looking <laughs> like, forward. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look towards April twenty yeah. first versus Swope Park here in Phoenix. Oh man. Make them feel it. Definitely. Any final thoughts on the team, on any of the news we covered today? Um, final thoughts. You know, I, I really think this team is pushing to have an even stronger second season. I think last year, I think we took a lot of people by surprise. When we started the season, everyone was saying, oh, this new Phoenix Rising team. Yeah, they have Diplo. They have these cool jerseys, but where's the on-field product? We weren't performing up to our expected potential. The end of the season, I think we showed the team that we really were. I think that this season, 
we have nowhere to go but up. I really, really hope and expect us to get at least fourth round in the U.S. Open Cup. Oh, same. That's yeah. if if we can't get an MLS team, and I mean it depends on the coin flip that I personally would like to see with my own eyes because I don't know that they've always been conducted fairly, but I would love to have an MLS home match in the U.S. Open Cup. I think that would be huge for soccer here in Phoenix. I think you would get fans that they've never watched Phoenix Rising before, but they see that we're playing a, a real MLS team in a competitive match will come out for that. So that's one thing I really would like to see. Could not agree more. I mean, without even going into last year's cup ordeal, um, I mean, hopefully we do get more home matches and yeah. more intriguing home matches and, uh, you know, not a team that's now defunct in a league that's basically defunct. Yeah, I mean, it's... And we're champions. Won a championship. Yeah, I mean, you're now really, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's kind of brutal. But uh, we'll move on. <laughs> for sure. Um, all I got to say is, first off, thank you for providing so much fantastic insight it's going to be a blast i can already tell going through this entire season getting your insights because you really do come at it with some fresh ideas uh and that's that's fantastic and uh just i can't speak for jeff but i know i'm really looking forward to just chatting with you listening uh to your thoughts as the season progresses i mean uh it's exciting to get a new breath of fresh air in here and start things off right so I yeah, mean, that's no. I'm 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 ecstatic to join the team. I mean, I I really think I can bring a a different perspective, and I just I'm looking forward to to engaging with other fans. You know, I really think that uh, we could grow this club. I mean, I see people all the time that'll honk at me in my car and say, "Hey, what's that?" or ask about Phoenix Rising at work. And I think I think this team is ready to take the valley by storm. I really, really do. I think that we've been waiting and waiting, and people are finally starting to recognize. Hey man, this this valley needs one of our teams to be good. Yeah, and, you know, no offense to like Arizona Rattlers, but come on, we need we need a real team to step up, and I think Rising's gonna do it. Yeah, no, I I agree completely. So, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, tune in. I think we are gonna do one next Sunday, uh, as long as there's enough news that breaks in the next seven days. We're definitely going to do one two weeks from now because that's going to be after the Red Bulls match. Yep. And who knows, maybe we can get something coordinated and have some fun coverage of that Red Bulls match and get some, yeah. hopefully, a juicy interview or two. So, that would be awesome. All right, anything before we say no, sayonara? That's it. I'm just, just excited to be a part of the team. Thanks for listening, guys, and go Rising. Go Rising. Have a good one. Yeah.